Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and with me is my great friend, Josh Fowler. This podcast is brought to you by the Ministry League Network of Podcasts in Goodwood, Church of Christ, and 9th Avenue, Church of Christ. Morning, morning, man. It's been a while. I can say I I can. <laughs> I'm still laughing at Abby. It I can say morning now to you. So that's that's, that's exciting. Right. That's exciting. And uh, I am uh, I'm waking up. It's been busy. I mean, we've hit the ground running here. You know, so we've been here now. Let's see. Is it a little over a month now? Let me see. I believe it's actually. Yeah. It's been May fifteenth. Five weeks. So one, two, three, four, five and a half weeks. So it, it, that's that, but that's well. If you count sixteenth to sixteenth, it's been you know just a month and a week. But it's it's been good. Just the first week was you know learning everybody, you know getting used to how things work. Then the next week I was, you know, uh, the minister uh, was out of town. So then that was my week before camp. Then we had camp. Then we had uh, all sorts of new stuff. You know, we've relaunched our uh, PM services to look a little bit different, and uh, so that's been that's been good. We've uh, had every Wednesday night we have a movie night, and uh, I pull internet from the church building. And uh, last night was the first time we had some uh, buffering issues, and we just stopped. And we went outside and threw the frisbee around, and just kind of hung out for a little bit. But we have, you know, we've it, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been busy though, and exhausting. Yeah, summertime. It's kind of the way it goes, right? Especially in youth ministry. It is. Gotta gotta keep the kids busy and occupied, and of course, then you're balancing everybody's schedules and travel schedules and such. So. Yeah, yeah, and you know we got VBS in about a month, and uh, that. Something that you know I'm working on, and uh, we're kind of a little behind the eight ball on that. But uh, that's what happens when you transition and come off of COVID and all that stuff all at once. But uh, it should go well next year. We'll you know we'll start next year's VBS probably in a few months. <laughs> yeah, we are uh, we are not having VBS uh, this year. Okay. Uh, nobody stepped up to take charge of it, and I just didn't have uh, the time to to devote to it that I feel is is necessary. So, no, absolutely. Um, I I'll, I miss it though, man. It's uh, uh, I miss singing the songs and seeing the kids and seeing the church building all decorated and um, just brings a little different atmosphere. So we may have a little uh, kind of a back to school bash or something one Saturday and. Oh yeah, because uh, it just brings a whole different uh, environment, but all of that kind of comes comes to church, and um, something that we missed last year, and really missing this year. So I'm glad to see camps coming back, um, and oh yeah, and, and you see some of that life starting to come back into into where we've been. So uh, I was happy good stuff, to be man. back at camp, you know, and we had a little over oh, yeah. 200 people. And I think the max it can hold, let me see, I was talking to the guy who does everything. 
um, the other day. Let's see. They'll have 360 was, I think, last week's. And uh, let's see, June 16th. So that might have been this week, actually. Yeah, so maybe this week they'll have, they have 360. And that's pretty much almost at capacity. And uh, we had a little over 200. Maybe two, That's two, cool. So it was it was really good, and um, all ages. So that was different. I've I've normally done camp where you have, you know, younger kids and then older kids. But this one was with everybody. But then there were, the younger kids did their their schedule. The older kids had their schedule, and there were times where we were together. So it was really cool, right. and uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, nothing like having a bunch of, you know, seven to nine year olds in a cabin. And uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. No, I'm out. That is not. Um, it is not my forte. Uh, middle school and early high school is where uh, is where I thrive when it comes to kids. So, um, yeah. Well, hey man, last time we uh, were together, we were talking about contentment and moderation, and yeah, man, it, it's hard to believe. It's probably been a month. Um, I think so. I was out of town, then you were out of town, then I was out of town. Um, I know you had one with Matthew there for uh, one of those weeks, but uh, yeah. uh, which was good. But um, we talked about contentment and uh, moderation, just kind of leading up to uh, kind of our conversation for today and talking about addiction, how we cope with addiction. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll just kind of set it right here at the beginning and say a lot of times when you mention addiction, people automatically go to alcohol and drugs. Uh, because that's just what we associate with. But, uh, you know, addiction can be, we can be addicted to attention. We can be addicted to social media. We can be addicted to food or candy, um, sweets. We can, there's all kinds of things that can capture that addictive personality, not just um, chemical things. So yeah, and, and uh, we're going to go look. Ahead. You know, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out and I'm already going to put this out here. Um, caffeine and coffee can be addictions. And uh, I know I'm, <laughs> I, know, well, I know that, 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 that's what we don't have to talk about. You know, you always see those posts. Well, I don't talk to me until I have my coffee or I have headaches until I get my coffee. And I'm like, well, um, that, that's probably because your body is telling you, you have to have that caffeine. And, yeah. uh, I have my own, I have my own things, you know, milkshakes, but we won't talk about milkshakes. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it all, uh, it, it all comes into this, uh, behavior, right? It all comes into a behavior. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out if, if addiction is more of, I know some things are, are just addictive chemically, yeah. uh, but there are some people that have more addictive personalities that can become just ingrained or, or engulfed in something. Um, and, and maybe it's a combination of the two. There are some people that are just easily addicted to just about anything. Uh, but I've even been uh, seen some research that uh, McDonald's puts some addictive um, additives into their food. So even though the food may not taste the best, it, it may not be the, the highest quality, 
but there is something about it that once you eat it and you eat it again, it creates this craving in you where your body desires it, whether that's a, maybe it's amount of salt content or something. I'm, it's a French fries, man. I'm telling you, uh, man. Uh, and maybe it is just a process, but, uh, there are those things that draw us back to something, even when we know it's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is true, whether it's tobacco, alcohol, um, other substances, caffeine, sugar, um, these things that create in us a craving for more. Um, and you know, you know, the truth is that all addiction, no matter, no matter what it is, is harmful to you. Um, I would say physically and emotionally. Yeah. Diet Coke and the McChicken sandwich. Uh, if you, if you replace that Diet Coke with Coke zero, Bruce, um, I'm, I'm in there's, there's something about the McChicken sandwich. I'm not sure it's chicken. Um, but, uh, it's hard to eat just one. Oh yeah. And you know, when I um, drive through McDonald's, uh, I vow to never eat their food food <laughs> ever again. And that's another story for another time. Um, but their milkshakes don't count and, uh, I'll still do the milk cause I mean, it's this soft serve ice cream. And, um, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I always go large. And when they say, do you want whipped cream? I always kind of joke. Be like, no, I want to save the calories, because you know, if I get whipped cream, then I can't have a large milkshake. But it, it goes back to that whole, I guess, that moderation discussion we were talking about a lot of times. For for me, someone who struggles with an addictive personality, I am either all in or all out. Uh, for for example, you know, games. If I have a game on my phone, I'll play it, and play it, and play it. And then I'll burn out because it's, well, if I can play the game for, you know, 15 minutes, why not three hours? Or if I can play the game, you know, because more is always better. But then the more and I do it, it's the same thing with like watching our TV shows. For many of you who are watching know the term binge watching. And many of you watching or listening have probably binged watched something. Right. And my problem with binging is I don't just binge watch like one or two shows. If I find a show, I'm like, oh, this looks good. I'll binge it. There is mm -hmm. no like, oh, watch one episode or two episodes a day. It's, I got to finish it. This is a good show. I got to finish it. Right. And what happens is then all of a sudden it goes, well, now what do I do? Well, I guess I need to find something else to fill that gap, which means now I need another show. And it's this whole thing that, that kind of is this cycle you can get trapped in. And as you get trapped in that cycle, it's the whole thing of, for me, the addictive person, the addictive personality comes out whenever I don't have anything else to do. So I stay busy because it's also that busyness can be an addictiveness, it can be an addiction. But for me, it's these addictive things come out whenever... I'm not preoccupied with doing something that's important or doing something yeah. that I should be doing. And it's, you know, a lot, a lot of times we'll have, and we, we'll get to this later, I'm guessing, but as we look at addiction, typically addiction comes from different things. It could be chemical. It could be when you're stressed. It could come out of boredom, and it could come out of just complete enjoyment and, and desire to have fun or desire to feel complete. And for me, it's, it comes out of boredom. 
and because uh, I get bored, I can keep, I can be entertained easy, but I can also get bored easy, and that's part of my ADD personality. Yeah, I don't. I think it probably comes um, less out of boredom, and particularly in the culture that we're in, um, we are a culture that is constantly stimulated. Um, television shows have qualities built in them to to keep you engaged, and the ones that don't have that quality built into them don't survive. Uh, movies have a quality in them that continue to keep your mind stimulated, whether it's plot twists or character changes or explosions or, you know, every different genre has their own way. Uh, even social media has these algorithms that are specifically designed to continue to keep the scroll going. Scroll, scroll, scroll. As soon as that video you were watching ends, another one pops up that's very similar. And you're like, ooh, that's neat. And then you move to the next one and say, ooh, that's neat. And they just build on one another. And they, and they drive you down the rabbit hole yep. because they know the mind is designed in such a way that it can be manipulated in that way. And you know, addiction is not healthy for you. And that is true whether for anything, because as we mentioned in the last few, we're designed to be um, at our best when we are in contentment and moderation. And if it's, if it's caffeine, um, caffeine is not bad for you, uh, but to an excessive degree, it does. It, it creates anxiety. It can create heart issues. Um, if we are finding ourselves in a place where when we go without it, we are feeling less than ourselves and we have kind of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, when we deprive ourselves of sugar for a long period of time, we realize something. We realize, man, I feel really good when this chemical isn't in my body. And that doesn't mean that I can't have a cookie once in a while or a piece of candy once in a while. Um, but when it has consumed so much of, you know, our diet, then, you know, it begins to change things. I begin to put on weight around the midline, which isn't healthy. It's not good for my heart. It's not good for uh, my mind. It's not good for my psyche even. Uh, so it affects our mental health, our emotional health, even in our physical health as well. It also affects our relationship with other people. Um, addictions do. Oh, you I, thought like, you, I, I thought you, no, you look like you had something to say. So I was no, I didn't. Giving I you an opening there. No, I'll oh, okay. We're all good. Um, when when those addictions begin to consume our other behaviors, um, you know they affect those. Even even the way it affects my own mindset. Um, I know sometimes if. Uh, I haven't been eating well. I, I kind of get headaches. And and when I have headaches, I'm I'm not good to the people around me. I'm I'm cranky. I am uh, you know short tempered. And sometimes my wife will look at me and go, Hey, do you have a headache? You need to go sleep or you need to go do something because you know you're not yourself. Uh, and and it comes from from that mentality. So um, it doesn't just affect us, it affects our relationship. Uh, with other people and the deeper that addiction gets the deeper that impact goes for sure and and i think that leads into a lot of times we'll think well my addiction only affects myself and it, and it really doesn't because um and really it, it, this is this is true that with any addiction 
it'll bleed out into really all aspects of your life. It, it, it really will. Uh, whether it's, you know, because with addiction comes other issues, comes trust issues, comes dependability issues, comes, you know, maybe, like you said, now I'm acting differently. Um, because if I don't have my fix, we'll use that term loosely, but um, if I don't have that, if I can't dip into my addiction, whenever I'm going through, and again, again, loosely withdrawal, you know, oh, I didn't have my caffeine for today. Well, that would be a withdrawal. Or no, I didn't have my sugar today. Well, that could be a withdrawal. And when those things happen, we feel bad because our body's reacting negatively to that. Or maybe our mind's reacting negatively to that. If it's something our, we get more stressed, we, we feel lost, we, we're out of rhythm. And then we start treating others poorly. And, <clears throat> and not just that, but maybe when we are stressed, and we're going down that rabbit hole, our loved ones who care about us, it hurts them to see us hurting ourselves. <clears throat> and, and, you know, those who care about us will say, well, why are you keep doing this to yourself? And, and I think that's something we have to keep in mind because then they'll get stressed. And it's almost like this perfect storm because then when they're super concerned for us, it could also be a, I won't say cause, because we, we, we can't cause people to do things against their will, but it can be a, a factor, a contributing factor for them going down their own rabbit hole because of the st perfect storm we're creating, where maybe we're stressed, so we're doing this. They're stressed because they see us hurting, and then that consumes them, so then they go to their vice, and it's, we're kind of, we feed off of each other's stressness. And then it really hurts kind of our, our spiritual life too, which, you know, we're kind of leading up to um, as a natural progression. Yeah. And, you know, everything really affects our relationship with God as well. And it's, it's kind of silly to think that, you know, we can think <laughs> that, well, I just, you know, like you said before, I'm just, I'm just hurting me. I'm not really hurting anyone else. A victimless um, crime, right? There are no yeah, such things right. as victimless crimes. Right. <laughs> and I think sometimes we really underestimate um, really the impact that we can have on our relationship with, with God. And so anytime something takes his place, takes the place of that, uh, of that prime importance in our life, um, you know, we, we violated one of, the, one of the, the primary requests that God makes of us or commands that he makes, which is, Nothing goes before me. Um, nothing will sit on the throne of your heart but me if I am to be your God and you are to be my people. Um, stop changing the notes on the fly, man. Come I'm on. sorry. Uh, but we do need to get into some, some ways in which we, can, uh, which we can cope with, uh, you, got, you, you know, addiction because... <laughs> Uh, there has to be a path forward. So when you, when you recognize that something is going on or something has uh, that kind of a hold on your life, um, how then do we do we begin to to remove that and to replace it? Uh, and I think it, it's appropriate that you know the first thing on our list here is is prayer. Seems obvious, um, but it's something that we always need to mention. Um, that I shouldn't have to tell Christians that you should pray about it. But the truth is prayer is often something that we either 
take for granted or um, maybe just assume is there. And it's something that we need to make a priority. Yeah. And, and, and we, we say we shouldn't, but, but let's be real. Uh, when it comes to some things like addiction and some types of addiction, we'll say this. Well, it's really just a self-control issue. And uh, I already know what I need to do. And um, so I'm not really needing God's help. I'm not really needing anybody's help. I, I just need to, to just stop. I should be strong enough just to stop. And, and, and we kind of go and think of it from that perspective when really it could be, hey, no, I need to pray for wisdom. I need to pray for strength. I need to pray for, you know, confidence even or mm -hmm. for me to, to lean upon God for strength. But too often we have that same mentality uh, that, you know, in other issues too with, you know, all sin really of I, I should be able to do this on my own. Because right. addiction's only f for the weak. That's what we tell ourselves. That if you know, and and, and really, addiction can you know, it comes in all. You know, we already said it comes in all sorts of different ways, and different. Really, I say vices, but different aspects of our lives. And maybe um, so we are weak. Maybe we, maybe, but we're weak without God. Right. I think prayer is a form, for me anyway, of self-reflection. Yes. Um, that that in prayer I can sit and I can sit before God and I can really look into my own self and my own mind and in my own heart and figure out what is it that drives me down these paths. Um, you know, asking God to reveal some things to me. Um, sometimes I think what we're not good at is asking God to give us uh, some revelation and then we don't look for the revelation. Um, like we expect for it to magically come into our life, and uh, but we don't seek out. I think I think it's your dad who says all the time, you know, two farmers prayed for rain. One went and plowed his field and, and planted seed. Which one was faithful, right? The one who sits around and waits for it to start raining or the one who begins looking for God to answer that prayer? Absolutely. And, and so as we pray and, and we pray for that, revelation of of self it says show me the the piece of me that needs to be molded and shaped and transformed um we we got to begin looking for that answer to come because when we lay that before god he will respond and he will give us a path um, um through it we just have to be willing to look for it and i think a lot of times we're not willing to look for it because we instinctively know the answer and we either don't want the answer or we don't want to do the work to make the change. Um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking up for a certain translation and I can't find it. And, um, but it's okay because it, it still gets the point across. Um, Psalm 139, we're talking about prayer being uh, almost like a mirror. And uh, Psalm 139, the last two verses, you know, says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try mm -hmm. me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me or, some, you know, the translation I'm looking for is anything in me that makes you sad. You know, so he goes, that you know, lead me in the way everlasting. You know, that's a, that's a good prayer to pray. To say, hey, search me, know my heart, know my thoughts, and then point out anything that makes you sad. 
anything mm-hmm. that makes you upset. And then lead me in the way everlasting. That that's prayer. That's self reflection. That's saying, "Hey, I need you to help me look for what things mm-hmm. in my life that maybe send me down the road of addiction." Because there are certain triggers, and we, we know what some triggers are, you know, it, it, and that we need to maybe stay away from to help us not go down those things. Maybe it is, you know, for me, um, I use the placebo effect whenever I'm trying to stop soft drinks and uh, every night you know i'll keep coming back to them but uh flavored water you know carbonated flavored water has you know helped me be able to say hey i i know i I like that fizz Mm -hmm. but i also and and that's really what it is is the fizz topo chico baby (laughs) topo chico um you know what topo chico is um Maybe, maybe, maybe. I just know it's, it's basically funny. Just a, it's a, it's a Mexican-made um, seltzer water, basically mineral water, but it's, oh. but it's carbonated. It's basically like soda without the soda. It's just carbonated water. Huh. And now they have now they have one that has a little twist of lime in it, and it's a like I like it. Most of my family doesn't like it. Because it is basically just um, seltzer water, um, but it's good because, like you said, it's that fizz, and the fizz brings a different kind of, of refreshment for me. Um, and those little those those carbonated flavored waters are. Uh, mm, I, I can drink some water if the, if they're if it comes in that uh, in that way. Just drinking regular water is so boring. Oh, I see. Um, Again, bored. Tasteless. Boredom. Yes. Boredom. Yes. <laughs> um, so you have, you know, prayer, self-reflection. You look for those things that kind of set you off and set you down a path. Um, and once you, this this is the hard part, though, because once you identify them, um, now then the responsibility lies on me to fix them, right? And so we've got to have the courage and the humility to, to travel that road. So um, you can't do it alone. It's no. It's... You, we, we, we fool ourselves into thinking, man, I can quit this anytime I want. I can just do it. Well, if that's true, then why haven't you? Because you know you're not satisfied with something. So why haven't you made the change? The truth is you can't make the change because we're designed to succeed in community. We're designed to succeed in relationship. Yeah. And so we need that accountability. Um, yeah, for sure. And uh, I want to do a shout out to another one of our our podcast on the Ministry uh, League Network, the Batify podcast with Ben and Travis. And uh, they did that awesome thing about getting in shape and having accountability for one another on, was it a physical shape and spiritual shape where we, we read, <laughs> a, read a chapter and, and ran a mile um, right. for a certain amount of days. And they have a podcast, and, and uh, Ben is a, a licensed um, counselor. We'll get to that in, in, a, in a few minutes. But they just put a survey on their Facebook page about what topics that they'll be covering. And one of them was on addiction that um, at least they're thinking about in the future. And uh, and if they're going to have awesome resources. But but as you know, right. Ben knows and as we know, accountability is huge. Uh, uh, and that's why oftentimes, you know, that's why accountability partners is really in our sponsors are, are really in most if not every addiction therapy counselors use 
right uh, you know whether it's a 12-step program whether it's just counseling sessions a counselor is an accountability partner to some extent not they can't they can't be that in every sense because of dual roles and dual relationships but they encourage you to say hey you need to find this and walking with someone is a whole lot easier for me if i wanted to get in shape i, I don't like running by myself I also don't like running on a treadmill because I go nowhere and I get right. bored really easily and the scenery doesn't change. So I, I need, you know, but running with someone is only effective is also, I'm not going to go run with someone who runs a six minute mile while I'm running an eight minute mile because guess what? Uh, we You're can't, dreaming. Well, we can't be together. You're dreaming about that eight minute mile, by the way. Hey, I could do an eight minute mile right now. If it was just one mile. <laughs> Just one I'm gonna ask you to when we get done here. I'm gonna ask you to go prove it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's faster. It's faster than you think when you haven't been running. Trust me, I've tried. Oh no. Um, I see. Well, I used to run a six minute mile when I was so maybe I could do. I think I could. I don't know. Ten minute mile would be probably a good pace right now for me. That's what but, you. That's what you start with. But um, miles I have a lot of pace. people. I have a lot of people who will call and ask, especially as their kids get older. They'll ask, "What filters do you use for your kids on their devices?" And my answer is the best filter you can possibly use is conversation. Um, I don't use filters on my kids' phones. I don't use these fences that automatically shut things off um, because the truth is they will find their way around them. Um, whether it's Coven Eyes, Triple X Church, those things are really good. Um, but it doesn't teach them how to be accountable for their activity because they can get around those. And when they get to a certain age, they get out of your house, they're not going to have that filter in place. And if they haven't developed the habits of making wise choices, then I haven't done them any favors by setting those filters in place. So, you know, the best filter you can put on is you can sit together and go through browsing history. You can go through search history. You can go through social media history. You can go through text histories together and you read them together. Because what they now realize is I have to make better decisions even though everything is at my disposal. How do I take the things that are in front of me and make the wise choice? Because if I can begin to create patterns of wise choice making, then I don't have to worry about what filters in place because I've trained the mind to see the things that are at play and to choose the things that are healthy and right and, 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 and holy and pure. And, and ignore as best I can those other influences uh, because we need someone to hold us accountable. Um, yeah. Someone to report to, if you will, or someone to walk with. Uh, accountability is one of the most important things we can do after we have turned everything over to God in prayer. Absolutely. And, and really then the, the next step really is you, you have to replace that behavior with a healthy behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, that's also a, a very, again, therapeutic and and counseling thing where they say okay right. now you you've been using all your time for you just say you're going to do nothing because then the, then again boredom is for for someone like me is a big trigger for going down whatever paths to whether it's eating i eat out of boredom i don't eat when i'm hungry i don't eat when i'm stressed i eat when i'm bored you know or it's doing x or doing too much tv or or, or whatever and one of the a healthy thing is to say, hey, 
instead of this, I'm going to focus on maybe I'm going to memorize some scripture or I'm going to read or I'm going to pray during this time. And all the time and energy that I would be spending trying to do X now is spent doing this. Or maybe mm-hmm. serving someone else. You know, for me, it's, you know, uh, you know, let's just use eating for an example. Uh, Catherine will often stop me on the way to the kitchen and say, hey, are you, are you actually hungry again? <laughs> no. She goes, well, then why are you getting food? I'm like, because it tastes good? <laughs> I mean, because I want to? I mean, well, are you hungry? What's that have to do with anything? Well, he's right. It has to do with everything. Right. But by golly, I want to eat when I want to eat. <laughs> but we have that thing of maybe it's, hey, instead of doing, you know, drink some water. That, that'll fill you up pretty quick. It's all those replacing behavior or bad behavior with, with healthy behavior. It is very important, especially spiritually. Yeah, and I used this example with some kids at camp last week. If I have a cylinder in front of me that I haven't filled with anything, you know, it's full. It's full of air. It's full of something that's useless um, and worthless. Um, I can't empty that cylinder because if I try to scoop air out of it, air is just going to fall right back in. Uh, but if I fill that cylinder up with water, it's going to push that air out of me. So if we want to be you know, filled with things that matter, we have to begin pouring those things into our lives um, to replace that old behavior because it has to be replaced. It will be replaced. We can choose what we're going to, to fill that void with, or we can allow those same old habits just fall back into place. So um, replacing a bad behavior with a healthy behavior. And I like to, you know, read and memorize scripture, um, meditation, um, you know, anything that, that gets us centered in the right mind. Um, I'm not good at diarying. (laughs) That's not the way I meant for that to come out. I'm not good at writing in a diary or journaling. Um, But uh, I'm awful at it. I, I have pledged. So, so a friend of mine sent me a, um, a framework on which you can write your own psalm. He said, if you want to really know what God is doing in your life, then look back over the last week, month, year, and begin writing your own psalms about what God is doing in your life. Um, and that's been a really positive experience for me to become more aware of how God is working directly in my life and it's given me a platform to because i don't just i don't do the just a stream of consciousness thing i I, it i can do it once or twice uh, but i just don't stick with it Uh, but i found this and i think it's something that i would stick with because i see something come out of it i see a reward for it Um, i also see the benefit of reflecting on that Mm -hmm. and so putting things down in a diary journaling is one of the ways that we can really uh help and as much as I hate it, journaling food makes me more cognizant of what I'm eating. You know, if I'm writing down everything that I eat, I, I'm usually making better decisions, um, which is why I don't like journaling because I don't get to have that third or fourth cookie if I have to write it down in my fitness pal. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I'll tell you, I'm, and if they're still watching Bruce and, and Abby – Big shout! And she's gonna 
text me in a second if she is. I'm sure she's going to say stop. But uh, she was great at prayer journaling. And we've talked about prayer before. And uh, uh, we had talked about it in a class one time. And she she showed it to me um, on our Zoom class. But um, she said it was... It, you know, someone like you know who's good at it, someone who where it comes naturally, uh, that's a great way to help with addiction. And um, she said it kind of completely changed how she prayed and really uh, strengthened that prayer life. And it's always people like like Abby and others where you know I want to I want to be able to journal because I know the benefits of it, but I'm so terrible at it. But perhaps that's why it's a good replacement for bad behavior, because it will take up so much more of my time. And uh, Bruce says she uses it daily, and um, you know it's it, it it'll cost so much more of my time because now I have to be more intentional about it. And, and my guess is people we say oh it comes naturally to, it didn't start off naturally. Right. It, it they started just doing it and they made it a habit. It's a discipline. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is a discipline that requires work. Um, and ultimately, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, you know, there is always some addictions simply require professional help. Yes. Um, and you know, we have. I'm grateful that the stigma on seeking professional help is lessening in churches today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is still this this thing that we tend to avoid that we see as a, as a sign of weakness, as a sign of, you know, something less than, um, but there is nothing ungodly or unspiritual or, or wrong about seeking professional help. And, and if you get to a place where you just realize this is not something that you can do, um, there is no shame and there is no uh, weakness in finding someone to deal with this in a professional way. So, um, talk to a minister, talk to, you know, a friend, talk to someone in the community that knows, um, that, that can connect you with people who will, there are, there are very many Christian counselors out there who understand who God is, what he desires for us in our lives, and will guide you on that path of professional help in a way um, that is both in line with God's will and his word. Uh, and not only will help you con- conquer that addiction, but will more than likely drive you closer into relationship with God. So, absolutely. Um, moderation, uh, moderation is all. That's right, Bruce. Um, um, it, sometimes it's a it's it's a hard thing for us to seek, um, but uh, but moderation is the key. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Good discussion today, Josh. Yeah, man. Always Excellent. good. Definitely. Uh, I guess my, my closing thought would just be, again, uh, do a lot of prayer and reflection. Um, you know, it's, it's always funny when we say, I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, <laughs> what is it? Uh, people have a problem with me doing it. And, uh, well, no, maybe it, it, we all have something that we tend to gravitate toward. And, and do that self-reflection. Ask for that accountability, and and find ways you can you can replace that with with better behavior. But again, like Josh ended with, and this is one that we really want to end with, 
Um, there's nothing wrong with, with seeking professional help or guidance. Uh, and we are glad, Josh and I were talking about this a couple of days ago, we are glad that the stigma seems to slowly be fading. But the stigma is still there. But um, just know that um, it's a bad stigma. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> what stigmas are. And, but, it, but it's not a truthful one. And um, God gave us each other. Just like accountant, no one would, would, would frown upon you for seeking accountability partners. Um, seeking a trained accountability person uh, is really no different. In fact, that would be what you could call a wise decision. Uh, anything else, Josh? I think that's good, man. I'm, uh, I think it's uh, something we need to talk about, uh, something we need to be aware of. It's something that we need to broaden our, broaden our vision on uh, and our awareness on. So it's good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for joining us on uh, the Crossways podcast. We talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. We want to remind you of 1 Peter 2, 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. We want to thank the Ministry League for allowing us to be a part of their network of podcasts, and we'll see you guys next week.